0: This is the Women's Football Talk podcast. I'm Brad, and as ever, I'm joined by Regan. Another interesting weekend, I think we can say we say. We're gifted with goals and a nice storm to bring some chaos with it as well (laughs) to try and make a few games interesting. It certainly did with one of them.
1: I mean, that's definitely the case with the weather. Yeah, goals galore in the first uh, weekend of WSL action in 2024. Let's hope the rest of the year can live up to it.
0: Yeah, did you have a nice weekend as well? I don't ask that
1: enough. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, can't complain. Enjoyed watching the football. Worked on Saturday. It was a good weekend, all in all. Yeah, I was,
0: <laughs> I was, hoping, for so... I was hoping for something a little bit more like, oh, yeah, I did this, I did this. I'm like, <laughs> I did not have. No. I was just staying or watching the amazing action that the, the WSL was bringing us, like live tweeting. Well that hopefully people engaged with that. We'll start this week's proceedings. Of course, where else are we going to start it? Chelsea versus Manchester United. The league leaders just ran through United in the early stages yeah. of this one and pretty much for the almost the majority of it, even though United they seem to find their way back into it around the second half chances though not being taken. But we'll start on those early stages. They took the lead. Lauren James, again, was just unbelievable. And <laughs> Another podcast where we wax lyrical on Lauren James. That's, that's a sense of deja vu now every time we do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you, she's putting in a performance like that, though, I mean, you have to uh, be waxing lyrical about her. First goal within five minutes, um, great finish. I think it was just too easy for her. Um, this whole game, not just the goals itself, but she just found out how to attack United's defence. I mean, what I've seen with Chelsea doing over the years when they play against Man United is that long ball over the top into Lauren James or any of the other wide players, and it just makes it too easy for them because of how United are trying to set up. Uh, and with Lauren James's pace, it's just easy for her to get in behind United.
0: These we have to. Well, I'd say I'd praise them. I'd praise her for this. <laughs> you maybe not so much because I have to talk about her celebrating in front of the away fans for the first goal. It's glorious. It's glorious. Oh, I want more people me. doing it in the WSL.
1: <laughs> to be fair, some people may not like it, but they they were booing her. So it was
0: fair game. Yeah. They they booed her when yeah. she went to take the corner. in The first few minutes, it was like you knew the second she. She smirked at them in that moment. It was like, oh no, she's going to make you pay for that. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what she did. <laughs> running towards them. Just smiling in their faces. What you get?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Not quite um full Emmanuel Adder by your No, it wasn't. It was she enough. didn't
0: knee slide. Like he needed a knee slide, mm-hmm. really.
1: Yeah. But then well, again, I just... don't
0: blame her for not knee sliding. Anytime I've seen a player try and knee slide lately in this time of year it's not gone well i'm looking at gabrielle <laughs> the weekend for yeah. us <laughs> almost went terribly for him but sticking on lauren james because the new hairstyle at the start of the game the second i saw that was like today she's here to conduct business
1: yeah she is here to cook and make stanford bridge her own stadium
0: did that already because, even before today yeah.
1: like she just absolutely was ready to ball out and she did it for the whole. I was going to say ninety minutes, but she got took off the last minute of. Uh, I was going to say, time, can't but...
0: say that. Right, uh, she, <laughs> she she her. plays well. Yeah, she did <laughs> she always plays well against United as well. That's normal. It's basically the law of football. You always play well against your old club. Chelsea mm. were better as well for not having her in the number nine role this time as well. I thought, and although she did go into that position towards the end as well. Me official went off and then Lauren James went into that position and Chelsea seemed to almost go off it slightly and that's when United came into the game, really, in the second half. But Lauren James Mm. is just better in the middle being allowed to dictate things.
1: Yeah, just allowing her to have that more freedom of being able to go out wide if she wants to as well. Definitely uh, helped her and Chelsea out in this one because it was just... Easier for her to run the game how she wants to play it rather than being stuck in that number nine position and trying to be the lead line of attack.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't official, did bad. I was surprised she got took off, if I'm honest. I think while well, she didn't do a lot in the attacking sense, so she wasn't creating as much or getting amongst the goals, it seemed odd to take her off in that state wouldn't you just bring on frank kirby instead
1: i think it was one of them where it was more like she she hasn't really had much game time uh recently me official so i think it was just like you don't want to give her too long of a run out like you were and one up uh just after half time um it was a Could strange easy It could be that she is not fully trusted yet, but also I think it's one of them where they've got the Champions League this week, and I think Chelsea obviously still need to qualify and get out of the group stages there. Could that be a reason why she uh, only played 45 minutes or just over 45 minutes?
0: Yeah, there is that. Uh, Also, someone else I want to praise, Chelsea. She started her first game of the weekend, Natalie Bjorn. The assist for Lauren James' second goal was pure class.
1: Yeah, I mean, from just the fact that how quickly she settled into Chelsea, she looks absolutely phenomenal already. And... Yeah, uh, great assist for that second goal. And you can sh- sh- uh, show why Chelsea went straight after. Right? I mean, yes, there was rumours that uh, Real Madrid wanted to sign her but never offered the amount of money that Everton wanted. Uh, but Chelsea, uh, I wouldn't say needed a defender, but with Millie Bright's absence, uh, Natalie Bion has come in really well straight away and just seems like she's been there for a while already.
0: I'd argue they maybe needed better cover in terms of defensively, like you lose a Millie Bright to injury, you bring in Nasley Bjorn who similar tendencies, I feel, but maybe is better with the ball at her feet.
1: Yeah. Definitely so. And I think uh has worked really well in the two games that she's played so far since uh making that move. But yeah, I think overall for Chelsea Three one victory, keeping themselves uh, top of the WSL table. Uh, Twenty eight points from their eleven games is good uh, weekend for them for Emma Hayes' side.
0: Yeah, I think we could safely say that as they increase, well not increase the gap, they the gap stays the same on their title rivals, but it's all united for a bit you now because the weekend was probably the first real sign I saw both literally and figuratively of Mark Skinner discontent.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I really don't know what's going on with this United team compared to where they were 12 months ago. This is a light and day difference team. I mean, I saw a post uh, on social media yesterday saying this time last year, United were top of the table. Uh, with 28 points this year, they've down into fourth and only on 18 points. Like, And some people may say, oh, that's down to Alessio Russo and Arnaud Batier leaving. But two players aren't going to make up 10 points. Like Nikita Paris has nearly got as many goals as Alessio Russo did all of last season. And yes, Arnaud Batier is a massive help when uh, in the full sense, but... It just seems like a lot of discontent at the team at the minute. Yeah, maybe,
0: but that's obviously from the outside looking in. And just add to that, obviously, we only saw the one sign that was on display saying, her out. And I don't think we do know for sure yet how to think of this. Is it just a vocal minority that are in the fan base, or is this something that many are thinking? but maybe just aren't as loud yet in voicing their opinion?
1: It, I think it's probably the latter, personally. I think it will slowly become more and more. Like, if they get knocked out of the FA Cup or don't progress through to the knockout stages of the Conte Cup, I think those voices will become a lot louder and more prominent because it from a team that finished second less than 12 months ago, you would expect them to have gone on to do better in the league and uh, elsewhere. Like, they just don't seem to have gotten better. They seem to have got worse. And yes, uh, the results aren't there. And Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City are performing well in the league. That's obviously a given with them. But they just, I don't know. They just don't seem to have like a plan B for United.
0: Yeah, I think mean, you could question strategy a bit. I just wanted to add, like while Skidder's responses any time he's been asked about this, I think they've been fairly reasonable. I don't think he's said it a bit too partially. He's been right. Fans are allowed to voice their opinions, they they pay their money. You do wonder if maybe United fans just need, do have to have a little bit of patience, maybe? Like everything around that club right now is not ideal like they're in a bit of a transition phase with new people coming in who have new ideas as they're supposedly running like football operations and mm. yet we don't know what's happening women's team wise and also the last few seasons as well strategy probably wasn't ideal anyway We you think of players were bought in and they're not featured as much under mark skinner at the same time i can understand why fans wouldn't also feel a connection with him if you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean there's been he seems to have like a a favored personnel of he will always go with this like starting lineup and no matter how the new signings do so i mean the only new signing you could say he made that Went straight into the team and has been pretty much untrouble. Was uh, Maya Letizia from when she joined from Brighton? Yeah. Every other player, realistically, has had time to embed whether it's bench appearances or with uh, Grace Clinton going out on back to back loans. <laughs> like...
0: Start me on that one. <laughs> we we'll get more on that one later because <laughs> things need to be said.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's one of them where like, we're, what, the 22nd, 23rd of January now. They've made no signings this window so far. I'm like, there needs to be something added to this team to get them, even with a fighting chance of potentially making that third spot for the qualifying places in the Champions League. And maybe this new ownership or change of ownership has had an impact on it, but they just... I don't know, there's something that's just not quite right. And I can't put my finger on it 100%. Yeah.
0: To me, it's also down to like whatever he tries to sell as a manager to his players, not everyone will connect in the same way. Like, I also think it's the same with fans as well. When they say, well, there is that connection. There's not that Emma Hayes connection with the fan base. There isn't. Even of Eye developing is probably the better example in this case. Would do? Mm. Will do? Manchester United fans want to die for Mark Skinner? Not really. Like, I think even those who like no. backing probably wouldn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a strange appointment at the time, obviously replacing Casey Stoney when she left, um, and then eventually took over San Diego Wave. And then I don't think many were really like behind the appointment in the first place when he got appointed from Orlando Pride, like he hadn't done anything well over there uh, in the last few seasons so it was like if you're trying to improve as a team was Mark Skinner the right appointment to carry on Casey Stoney's legacy or build on Casey Stoney's legacy and make Manchester United an overall better team
0: hmm. I guess uh, was it maybe a safe appointment at the time they were a team that wanted to just establish themselves in the Sound. and therefore well he's good enough
1: it's one where it hasn't fully backfired on him or man united yet but i think it's one where you question how long uh, do you take because there was some talk this morning going on about uh his future and his contract obviously there was a year extended but i don't know whether do you keep him for another season after this season like what changes happened to it's, make you think you know United aren't going to be in the same position in twelve months' time?
0: Do you know the vibes I'm? I'm slowly starting to get. I'm getting similar vibes to how I had with Steve and Gerrard at, at Villa.
1: Mm. I know what you mean. In it's that this sense, sense of like...
0: you're trying to do something. I know you are, but I don't see this ever working. Fans are already, like, turning on you, and you've got a lot to do to really pull them side. And I don't know if you're going to do that. It's this inevitable feeling of it all just crumbling around you. Do you know what? It's more Steve Bruce than anything. That's what it is. It's Steve Bruce vibes at Newcastle. It's like, you're not going to turn this around. You're being kept because you're a safe option right now. And you're not going to take this team any higher.
1: Yeah, definitely. But... Are United also thinking of, like, if we were to let him go at the end of the season, who can we get in? Like, who is available to uh, bring in as a replacement that makes United better?
0: Isn't there the odd one out there saying, well, since he's left, he's done all right. Martin Ho, who was obviously his assistant, he's gone on to pretty decent things where he's at now.
1: Mm. Definitely doing well over in Norway with SK Braun, uh, they're looking absolutely fantastic. I mean, we've seen it in the champions league,
0: but (laughs) true with this Leon team. We haven't lost all season.
1: Yeah. Like and then you just left thinking has his departure from Man United really caused such a big like implosion i was gonna, was he I was gonna say like one. is he the
0: michael beale to this operation but even michael beale's not even the michael beale to his operation anymore like he's been outed it is an absolute yeah. fraud as well
1: exactly but um yeah i think that would be like or at least that's what Sunderland people's... fans
0: tell me on twitter these last few days
1: <laughs> i feel like martin ho would be the obvious obvious um appointment should United move on from Mark Skinner, because obviously uh, they know him and he's having success so far, but would he... Is he able to translate that into the WSL on a regular basis, and could he get these team performing to a level where they can be challenging again for the title?
0: It's one of the where you would think if it happened, you'd have to be backed by... Whoever's in charge at that point. And then maybe given a season to just be the be a transition run Like if we be sound yeah. At the Champions League go oh well. We'll come back next season because we'll have the players then that maybe the transfer window wise we'll do better and see who goes from there.
1: Mm. Well, I think it's gonna be a very interesting couple of months. Obviously we're still waiting for the full uh ratification with the takeover of or the investment from uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe Uh, and yeah I think it's going to be interesting to see what impact that does have on the women's side going forward uh, especially with Mark Skinner's future.
0: Next I think we should talk about absolute like real Barclays WSL chaos that happened at the Chigwell Construction Stadium. It's always that place. There's just something around it where it just, just allows chaos to breed around it. Yeah. Uh, West Ham 3, Tottenham 4. Where do I start with this?
1: The WSL gonna no WSL.
0: <laughs> this is Nine. brilliant. I don't even know <laughs> what my best moment of it was. But I don't know what my funniest <laughs> moment was. Christy is getting... The ultimate welcome to england with she's just trying to take a corner bless her and the wind Mm. is so horrific the ball's just blowing off the pitch every single time and she ends up taking the corner with the ball just moving (laughs) happens they got Mm. the linesman holding the corner flag it's pure english football heritage
1: can she do it on a cold windy night in essex it was dagger <laughs> uh, no, Back Essex way. Well, uh, to be yeah. fair, I think
0: we got the answer because you know assist as well. He only played a couple of minutes. I thought she did well.
1: Yeah, good debut for her. uh, Obviously, their big signing of this January transfer window, which I think caught many people by surprise. But yeah, she fitted in well, and I think West Ham unfortunate not to walk away with anything from this game. Um, there were times where Spurs definitely looked the better out of the two teams. Um, Grace Clint and having what a performance again because it's just what she's been doing since uh, going to Spurs online. She's been absolutely fantastic, uh, especially that second goal as well that she scored. Like Absolute wonderful.
0: Yes, the finish is nice, but I have to step in here and put my best Howard Webb impression on and be like, Sorry, but I think she, there's an offside there because Amy Turner is very well in the way of Mackenzie Arnold, and I think if there was VAR, oh, yeah, yeah. that's offside, absolutely.
1: One hundred uh, percent. It should have been uh, ruled out, but I'm not taking anything away from Grace Clinton or the finish because as a
0: United fan, of course you're not. She you're just too jealous right now that she's performing for Tottenham and not <laughs> and not you. Yeah.
1: Yes. Also the fact that it was just a fantastic finish overall, so I was like uh VAR. <laughs> to like Tottenham were just
0: allowed to oh, yeah. score from outside the box in most like occasions.
1: Yeah, just score bangers on a regular basis. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say four three slightly uh the result tottenham needed uh, considering how uh, results elsewhere this weekend went obviously liverpool picking up a defeat to manchester city so spurs now move level and then man united losing means the level on points with them it's just the goal difference that's the main uh, factor that's separating those three sides at the minute
0: yeah, I was. Good. are Tottenham the most fun team to watch in the WSL right now because <laughs> their mindset when it comes to defending is just it's gifting us goals anytime we see them play, and also their attack when it does get firing, it's lovely to watch. I think.
1: Oh yeah, definitely is uh, great to watch at times. Well, you are always set for chaos with Spurs. I feel.
0: I think we should have been more kind with this match when we previewed it last week because it's West Ham who have been a bit inconsistent this season, and also maybe defensively are not all there, and then Spurs who are just all <laughs> like you never know what's going to happen with Spurs <laughs> a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much a very much like all or nothing type of game. Like it was either going to be a boring nil nil or everything and anything that could happen did happen type of game.
0: Yeah, it was a fun watch. Go and watch the highlights if if you want to do that. We'll talk next. Manchester City 5, Liverpool 1. Another destructive Manchester City attacking display, I thought. Yeah,
1: Bunny Shaw hat-trick again.
0: Honestly, these podcasts, I genuinely think you could just put the same episode on repeat because it's just the same players scoring hat-tricks and doing very well.
1: Yeah, I mean... What else do you really have to say apart from it's the Buddy Shaw show? Like, I think that she's now uh, Man City's leading goal scorer in the WSL history. I feel like that was a stat I saw.
0: If she's not, then she has to be close, definitely. Like, It's it's just something she does really well, just getting her books to goals. She's just taking every chance that she's getting offered to her. But also, she just gets in the right areas to have the opportunities as well. It's so she just, yeah. very, very good. She's one of the WSL's most consistent goal scorers.
1: Yeah, she's the type of striker that you want in your team because she will always be in the right position at the right time.
0: It does make you wonder how some of the other, like teams, I guess, are ahead of Man City currently I haven't
1: looked at her before. I think it's a lot to do with. Um the scouting networks that are available in the women's game is like very limited to non-existent compared to what it is like in the men's game so realistically I mean she did a really well at Bordeaux scoring 34 goals in 36 games in the two years that she was there I think what's hard for the women's game is that growth in terms of scouting players that's why if you look at uh, say Arsenal and Spurs at the minute they're buying from the leagues that they've come from so Arsenal heavily were influenced by the Swedish signings so Stina Blackstinniers, Amanda Kyra Koura Cross have played in Sweden before as well so it's like players that the managers know from their leagues previously hmm.
0: I guess you could put it down to managers having more of a say in transfers here in the, the WSL but what helps with Shaw as well is just the talented array of attackers and midfielders you have behind her as well. Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp, Laura Coombs, Davor also was very good in this match.
1: When you have that option behind her, uh, it's just so easy for her. I mean, the fact that they can bring on uh, Philippa Agondale and Jess Park off the bench uh, to play as replacements for Coombs and... Uh, Hemp just shows the depth that Manchester City have got in that forward line. Like, I think that's what separates the top three from the rest of the league is the versatility of options that they can have behind their main striker is just yeah. absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, I always had questions on this this
1: bench because
0: I was I, first I'll say the news this morning that they had midfielder Yui Asagawa signed down to a, a new another two years obviously signing a new contract extension it's another top player that they've got signed on for another few years they're definitely mm. getting the settled team together are they gonna be good for the foreseeable future should we expect them to be challengers alongside chelsea
1: i think definitely that is the case it's just um i think now just getting the right stuff ticking over for them like i don't think they're Obviously, miles away as to what I probably thought at the start of the season they were they were going to be. Um, obviously currently sitting in second place, but I'm not too sure what's that what's the thing that's going to be the uh drawing factor that gets them over the line ahead of Chelsea in terms of the league and uh, future success. Mm, definitely is one to to
0: ponder. I think there's also questions potentially like. If- that City have done very well in terms of avoiding long-term injuries to a lot of their major players as well. I do wonder if that somehow happened. Maybe there's questions, potentially, because I know you're praising that pitch, but there's a couple of young players in there I'm wondering if they can step up in the same way and also those who aren't regulars either.
1: Yeah, I think that has been a major benefit benefit for for Manchester City is obviously Arsenal last season had their ACL troubles, Chelsea have had big injuries to Millie Bright and now Sam Kerr, Man City haven't had a big injury yet so what would they be like if they did have that big injury or two to their squad?
0: Yeah I think there's one part they were lucky it didn't happen to the weekend was Lauren Hemp because oh I I winced (laughs) seeing how her body just contorted like that. that I think it was
1: that same reaction I get
0: when I see a wrestler get, like, spiked on the head for like, a DDT. It's like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) But, hey, look, if she can see the funny side of it, we're also allowed to see the funny side of it. Did you see (laughs) her? Some
1: some great uh, memes (laughs) in regards to that uh, situation from her. But, uh, yeah, I think that is the good thing for City at this minute is they haven't had a big uh, long term injury, and obviously Gareth Taylor will be hoping that that isn't going to happen for them this season. But five one victory in the end, uh, an own goal from Gemma Bonner and Chloe Kelly penalty also uh, for City yeah, which, in that. Which line. also
0: the, the tackle on him, it, it wasn't a penalty. <laughs> it wasn't. He looked yeah. out the box. <laughs> balls yeah, in the area definitely. but the actual dike contact is outside
1: mm, definitely
0: also, right, i was uh, like i wanted to actually give right. my best examples of the lauren hemp memes because uh it was sophie lawson from the writer for espn she posted a photoshop pic of lauren yes. hemp next to the the, the Olympic dive, diver yeah. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's like yes more stuff that like that but it. also then someone posted in the comments it was the isle of man flag you know, the one with those three legs. <laughs> oh, yes. Not, could talk pretty much the same way, that screenshot that she put up. It was like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> uh,
1: absolutely. 10 out of 10 work there for the uh, creative people.
0: Yeah. If she can have a laugh, we can too. Uh, exactly. We'll run through some of the other... WSL results. On Friday night, Leicester City nil, Aston Villa 1. Seventh in the table. We're, we're climbing. We're only six points beyond Manchester United.
1: What a performance from Daphne van Damsela, though.
0: Finally, like, that's what I've been expecting from Daphne van Damsela.
1: That's my Dutch Hello. goalkeeper that I knew.
0: Yeah, still concerned Rachel Daly is the only one scoring goals. Are. Like, if it's not her, it's Adriana Leone. Like, I want... Things to happen from other players
1: yeah i mean better performance from villa from what we've seen for most of the season but still like you say need a bit more firepower and goals from elsewhere uh over there technically were one ability. of the form
0: teams it, well we've won four of our last six league games
1: which is wild to think considering <laughs> it feels like think... two to
0: three <laughs> my head's still going what <laughs>
1: Yeah. It feels like it was only two to three weeks ago that we're saying, is Carl Ward under pressure here and (laughs) could Villa slip into the relegation battle? Right, saying this now, if if, if Villa catch
0: Manchester United, immediate sacking is needed
1: for Mark Skinner. (laughs) Oh, 100%. There's no questions about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, Other results, we'll go through. We said Chelsea 3, Manchester United 1, Brighton 3, Bristol City 2. This was a Underrated thriller as well. Elizabeth Turland coming through at the end yet again.
1: I mean, she's involved in all three goals, scoring twice, getting the assist for Katie Robinson's goal as well. It's just what she does. Like, I, she's one of them players. Like, I would love to her in a Man United top because she would be absolutely fantastic. Like, she's a proper striker. Striker.
0: I feel like it would be the kind of player United you know, should look at. Age as well, I think, is a good thing. A lot of long term yeah, potential there as well. Also mm. uh what was I say if I felt for Bristol City they came back twice in this one. You, yeah, at that point you're thinking, Oh, we've been hard done by here, but yeah, it it's still a long road to go. They're not completely out of it. West Ham obviously losing keeps them within a chance of staying up. I, I still back yeah.
1: I mean, the thing that's separating West Ham and Bristol City is just uh, the goal, three-goal difference in favour of West Ham at the minute, who are on minus 14 to Bristol's minus 17. But, yeah, it's going to be a um, big second half to the season. We said it the other week, how are these teams going to do, do against each other? And just a quick look ahead to this weekend. Bristol City are playing West Ham United uh, on Sunday. So... That could be the relegation six-pointer right there.
0: Yeah, that definitely feeling massive in the context of the entire season. I've realised skipped Arsenal beating Everton by two goals to one. I'll be honest. First off, yeah, decent. Arsenal dominated it and went ahead. But then the second half was absolutely terrible, and I couldn't be asked to talk
1: about it. <laughs> I was going to say nothing. Did anything really happen in that second half? I,
0: I've seen nobody talk about it <laughs> whatsoever.
1: <laughs> I absolutely like, no one was spoken about the game at all. Like Bethany even the scored, Arsenal
0: are like, oh, do we have to?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd say, and it was Arsenal's dreadful defending for uh, the Everton goal that Katusaish scored. Like they just seem to stop and allow her to run through
0: hmm. still concerns like, around arsenal like, not finishing any of their chances
1: yeah i mean Russo is just not looking fully clinical yet like is it a confidence no, thing whole,
0: the whole thing with arsenal is they've got so many attacking options you can't figure them all in it just leads to a
1: lot of confusion yeah i'm like it's it is a very strange one in that sense. Like you've got Mead, Miedemar, Ford, Ruto, Black Stinius.
0: I generally uh, think Arsenal are better when Black plays.
1: Oh yeah. Like she's offers something so much different to the rest of that forward line that they have. It's unreal.
0: But of course, someone like Viviana Midamar just on the bench ready to come on, but I think you need her as well playing more to Offer what she offers, but it's so hard when you then have Beth Mead, Caitlin Ford on the other sides, and then there's Frieda yeah. Marnum the, uh, as well. They, they've got too many good players.
1: Yeah, they've got too many options.
0: <laughs> and well, there's nothing wrong with having too many options if it works, but it's not working. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it's working in the sense that they're third in the league or joint second, yeah, no. <laughs> look it that way. They're but, not Manchester United. But... <laughs> yeah but they're not finishing the chances off as well as they possibly could be
0: yeah and uh I believe that's all the wsl games i think i've talked about as well yeah we covered yeah. man city liverpool and then west ham Tottenham. yeah it's the wsl mm-hmm. chat pretty much done. should we just go for the games at the weekend i think it's best yeah brighton chelsea's a half five kickoff for mm-hmm. the on saturday that's that feels very men's <laughs> Yeah, it's cool, yeah. interesting. Yeah, and then I've just realised this Sunday it's the Women's Football Talk Derby. <laughs> yep,
1: yeah. I saw it last night because I was uh, updating the fixture graphic. Uh, yeah, Man United Aston Villa uh, is the 12 pm kickoff on uh, Sunday. And, Shame uh, we I'm going, if for United, it. If United were to lose that, the boos are going to be ringing around Lee Sports Village.
0: Yeah, I can't love us to like put in our best performance of the season in that one. Uh the other games, Everton versus Leicester City is at half twelve, and then the bottom two facing each other, Bristol City against West Ham at two o'clock. It's also Tottenham versus Man City at two o'clock. That should be interesting. I feel like Tottenham are hopefully after revenge after the thrashing that Man City gave them last time. And
1: yes, the seven nil thrashing.
0: Yeah, but that's speaking of revenge, half forwards, Liverpool versus Arsenal. Arsenal are desperate to seek revenge.
1: Miri mm. Taylor's only goal of the season.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's, it's just a shame. There was talk, to that, be honest.
1: This was talk that she was um, at the start of this window that she was going to go out on loan, but nothing seems to have materialized. Was that a an contract as start. well? Isn't she? So Yeah. Don't
0: know what's happened there. I guess it's just a case of her better options as well. Mm-hmm. They already spoke about Liverpool much for Man City. That's twice, now against the top two. They've been battered a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, um going to be a bit boring for Matt Beard. Two 5-1 defeats to the top two sides. Um, but I think it's one of them where you kind of expect Liverpool to lose them type of games. Maybe not in the style that they have lost them, but... As long as they're picking up the points elsewhere in the table, I think you can't be uh, complaining too much. I mean, 18 points off the 11 games, has them uh, joint fourth, Uh, zero goal difference, uh, scored 16, conceded 16 this season. Um, I think we'll slowly see improvements as the season goes on and into next season, especially with Sophie Roman Haug. I think she's still a class forward and will definitely improve... Uh, as the time goes by.
0: Yeah, uh, that's it for the the WSL chess. There's still two things we want to cover just a little bit before we finish up. Sam Mewis has announced her retirement. I'll be honest, I came into women's football a bit too late to see how good she was. I've already seen nice things said about her as a person and her quality as, as a player.
1: Yeah, I mean, the last couple of seasons have been really hurt by injury um, late, tw- well, 2021 onwards after leaving Manchester City when she headed back to the United States. But before that, absolutely one of the best midfielders the USA have had. And like she was just known for her physical prowess. Uh, her height definitely was uh, a help for her. And... Just overall ball control and passing ability she had was absolutely fantastic. I mean, she retires as a World Cup winner in 2019, won three NWSL titles, two with the North Carolina Courage, one with the Western New York Flash. Uh, Bronze medal uh, back in 2020 was ranked number one on ESPN's 2021 list of 50 best women's soccer players. Like, she was in the... WSL team of the year for when her short period at Manchester city as well, like she was such a great midfielder. And I think it's such a sad way for her career to have ended with uh, so many injuries and little game time over the last uh, two to three years. Um, But yeah, absolutely fantastic midfielder and uh, one of the greats that uh, the U S have been able to produce over the last 10, 15 years.
0: Yeah, I never, it's never a nice thing seeing a player, any player having to retire at a young age, it is a young age, still I think 31, mm-hmm. to, to injuries like that, but yeah. she's going into media, which is a nice thing, I think. So yeah, um, women's think... football content over at Men in Blazers, so I'm excited. That should be pretty decent.
1: I think it was kind of expected as well because, uh, she had a podcast with teammate, uh, Lynn Wilms. Uh, so, I f- and I feel like she did a lot of media stuff with men in blazers during the, uh, women's world cup as well.
0: Yeah. I definitely have seen her in a few stuff as well. So yeah. So all the best. Think,
1: so. Uh, definitely. So
0: yeah. Uh, the last thing we want to cover, it is the champions league this week, the fifth, Round of matches in the group stages, so there's a lot on the line, really, with these, yeah. with these last few, these last few games. I was trying to keep. Right, my laptop hates me. It's just kicked off it for no reason. <laughs> okay, I'll run a laptop the laptop the That just does that, <laughs> just randomly.
1: Right, so the to... games. Um... <laughs> Uh, The four games taking place on Wednesday, we have AS Roma versus Bayern Munich, BK Hacken versus Paris FC, Paris Saint-Germain versus Ajax and Chelsea versus Real Madrid. And then on Thursday, we have Rosengard taking on Benfica, Slavia Praha taking on SK Braun, Barcelona taking on Eintracht Frankfurt and St. Poulton taking on Lyon. Obviously, Barcelona and Lyon are the only two sides that are through. Yes,
0: this, I've, got the, I've got the tables up now. That's what I was trying to just get up first. Barcelona, Leon through. <laughs> Benfica and Brown are currently in the best position to go through. If they both win, they're pretty much through by the looks of it.
1: It's Group C. That is anyone's to go for who goes oh, through. See, yeah, I mean, Ajax currently sit top of Group C on seven points. PSG, the second with six points. Bayern Munich, five points. Roma, four points. The goal difference for every team in Group C is zero. Like, they've all scored and conceded the exact <laughs> same. Like, it has been a wild group. And, yeah, Group D as well, close. Chelsea on the top with eight points. hacken in second with seven points. Paris FC in third with six points. And Real Madrid uh, at our bottom uh, with one point. But I'd say it'd be very... It'd be typical of the Champions League th- this season
0: that two more finalists from last season didn't make it through (laughs) in Bayern Munich and Roma. That would just be quite funny. But also, Paris FC are still there, and we back them until the end. Yes. Sorry, Akin, but (laughs) you've done well. You had a good run, but Paris FC are our team.
1: Exactly. We want them to continue to cause the shocks of the season that they have been doing.
0: Hmm. Need to talk about Real Madrid as well, because what's happened there? Is it just down to injuries? I know they've not had Caroline Weir, obviously, ACL, stop not been available. Linda Corsado hasn't played a lot
1: either. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not been a good Champions League for them. Uh, I mean, they're doing a pretty great league. campaign. Right.
0: They're their third on. Uh,
1: yeah, but that's down to goal difference between them and Levante at the minute. Uh, but yeah, it's just been a strange one for Real Madrid this season. They don't seem to be as quality as they were. I mean, obviously they had that. It's interesting
0: because if I, yeah, I was going to say it's interesting as well because obviously if if they had a fit Caroline, Weir, would that have been interesting with a, a fit Linda Corsada as well, and obviously Hailey Rasso signed as well and was going to be pretty good and like, it's interesting one. Real Madrid's obviously trying to grow in the women's game and I don't know why well, like, for the listeners context uh, Regan has just pulled the biggest sh- like YouTube thumbnail shocked face <laughs> I think I've ever I've seen so something has happened or I've not seen it he's gonna reveal it right now it's an exclusive <laughs> breaking news on from, the podcast perfectly timed
1: yeah from Tom Gary of the Telegraph Canadian midfielder Jesse Fleming is set to leave Chelsea and join the Portland Thorns for around £250,000, believed to be an NWSL record. Fleming said goodbye to her Chelsea teammates on Monday. She is adored by everyone at Chelsea and parts on great terms. Wow. That's... Wow. Do you know what that
0: is? That's Christine Sinclair, Paul. That's what that is.
1: (laughs) I mean, it is Christine Sinclair's final season. Uh, with the Portland phones coming up, but
0: oh, wow. Tanya, the, the NWSL is, is cooking. <laughs> okay, the
1: NWSL the, the signings that are being made.
0: I I'm all in on the NWSL this season. We're wow. gonna have to obey <laughs> this podcast. I mean, it has to be done.
1: <laughs> I mean yeah we will be um obviously the season starts back up in March uh so we've still got a while to go for that but that is a big big surprise that is
0: that's a, that is a decent deal. Uh, Portland coming for the, for their title. Again, after yeah, they were. You know, we've seen Gotham sold a few players as well. Chicago doing a nice bit of business I've seen as well. Who was the other team? That, it was a, one of the Kansas outsiders that were doing okay as well. They're doing all right. Uh, that was it what who was it? They're signing like all the top players and they're like, oh, they're doing okay
1: uh chicago gotham
0: was it chicago maybe it was chicago i don't
1: know north carolina i I think they're doing a bit no it wasn't north carolina
0: i was but they're doing okay as well uh don't no i can't think so (laughs) it's very much an anti climax to end the podcast
1: (laughs) Mm. right (laughs) um Well, that really has shocked me. That has. Just I'm our defence on the
0: team. <laughs> really? Wow.
1: Uh, right. Anyway, we'll be back next week to look back at all the Champions League action and the weekend's uh, WSL games. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news and stories around the women's football game as we enter the week. Daga. Yeah, uh, as we enter the final week of the transfer window. Closes this time next week, I believe, the thirty first.
0: Yeah, it's got to be close. It feels like it's all picking up a bit these last few days. <laughs> Been busy on
1: the on
0: the graphics. Yeah.
1: So yeah, Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news and stories. There. Make sure you're following us on YouTube as well. Uh, Women's Football Talk. Um, where we obviously recently surpassed 1,000 subscribers, there and make sure you're following us. Our... A to brag. Yes. And make sure you're following us on our website, women'sfootballtalk.substack.com, where we have articles out looking back at the weekend's action in the WSL and any other big talking points to come out of the women's game. But in the meantime, it's goodbye for. From... i got
0: a piece I'm considering writing, maybe my out tomorrow, okay. if I feel like it.
1: Nice little teaser, because even I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: No, I just thought of it. I thought, "Mm, I'd do it. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, let's make sure you are subscribed to our website so you can be the first to see what this potential article is from Brad. But in the meantime, we will see you next week.